morning, everyone. Good morning to all of you. Delighted to be with you today. Thanks for being here at our morning worship. Give someone a high five and you may be seated. All right. Um, what a great joy it is to be here today and to worship with Triumph Beaumont to see all of you again. It's such a great joy. I look forward to opening the scripture with you in just a, a few moments. Thank the Lord. Well, good things are happening. I drove up on the property this morning and there was uh, saws and drills going and men working. I'm thinking, well, praise God, <laughs> it's happening. And uh, we're excited about that. Um, we're going to dedicate that sanctuary on July 26th. Uh, we decided to go ahead and set the date. And um, uh, we feel certain that we can get it done by then. And uh, so why don't you mark your calendar. It's going to be an important weekend. That's Friday night. Uh, and then Sunday, Bishop Garlington will be here with you Sunday morning. And Sunday night, um, uh, Bishop Garlington will be in Needle and we'll all be there together. And that's where we're going to do the big send-off for Pastor Damon and Christine to Washington, D.C., and uh, also we'll be transitioning our leadership there. And uh, so it's going to be a very important weekend. So I, I thought maybe you might want to mention that. But our, the thanks sanctuary is uh, quickly becoming a reality. I saw they had doors up. So thank God it's pretty much dried in. And uh, uh, thank God for that. I, I appreciate your faithfulness and your generosity and uh, helping us uh, build this building for the glory of the Lord. Pretty soon when I come back, we'll be worshiping. Uh, in the new sanctuary, and that's going to be fun. Our youth and children will be here, and we'll be operating at a new level, and it'll certainly be worth it all. So uh, thank God for your faithfulness and your giving, and uh, um, good things are ahead. I'm expecting good things ahead, and I know that you are as well. Thank the Lord. Well, I believe it's time to receive our tithe and offerings now. If you're ready to do that, please get your offering envelopes ready. Um, in Matthew chapter 25, there's one of the most beloved parables of Christ. In verse 14, he said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling in a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, which is a piece of money, to another two talents, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately went to a far country. And after a period of time, he comes back from a foreign country. And in verse 21, he, the um, servant brings the money he had been, that the master had invested in him and what he had increased it by. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You know, God is an investor, and He makes an investment in us. Salvation is free, absolutely. Heaven is ours. It's our inheritance. But God sees me, and He sees you as an investment. And He pours into our lives goodness, talents, and skills, and opportunities. And from that, He expects a return. He gave to one man five talents, another two, and another one. And He came back and said, how have you increased it? Where is the return on my investment? I see that he gave to each man according to his own ability. He didn't give them all the same. Isn't that interesting? Uh, he gave them each according to his own ability. And then he expects a return. 
So God expects a return from my life. The things he invests in me, the things he gives me, the opportunity he places in my life, he's looking for a return. He's looking for uh, an increase on his investments. Uh, you probably have a retirement program and some investment vehicles that you use, and you may have, there's a number of different kind of uh, uh, vehicles out there that you can invest in that causes your money to grow, and at the end of the year, you look and see, you know, what percentage of increase uh, did, did it have. And if it turns out to be a pretty significant uh, rate of increase for the condition of the economy on that particular year, well, then you say, well, it must be a good investment. I'm going to leave my money there. But if, if you don't make any money and, and, and the return is not good, then you look for another vehicle because you expect a return. God expects a return from us, and he invests in us with that sense of expectation. Not everyone's expectation is the same, but everyone is under an expectation. And so when I bring my tithe and offerings to the Lord, it's a return on the investment he's made in my life. It's a partnership with God. Uh, my 90% is blessed and his 10% goes into the kingdom of God. And so with joy, I live by the principle of tithing. We are a community of tithers here. Thank you for your faithfulness, your generosity, and thank you for being a partner with God and bringing God a return on the investment he's made in your life. So as today, as we submit our tithes, we're like that servant that comes to the Lord and said, this is what I've made with all the good things you've given to us. This is the return on your money. It's the tithing principle. It's not a law. It's not about your salvation. It's a principle. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful at this level. I'm going to move you to this level. And so the way I graduate in life is I be faithful in my stewardship at this level. And then he said, because of that, I'll move you to the next level and make you ruler over many. Then he said, enter into the joy of the Lord. Thank God. There's a joy to know that I'm square with God. There's a joy knowing that I've, I'm a good investment for God, that God's pleased with me. There, there's a joy in that, a joy that comes ultimately in eternity and a joy that comes right now knowing that I'm square with God, that I've met the Master, and he said, well done, good and faithful servant, you have an increase on the investment that I have made in you. How many of you have been blessed? I've been blessed. It's my, my joy to know that I'm a good servant and that I have something to give back into the kingdom. Let's hold our gifts up to him. Father, I thank you that I'm your servant and your son and that I have been blessed and that you believed in me and invested in me. I gladly give to you the increase. I gladly give to you the, the tithe of my increase and I pray a blessing on every tither and every giver in this house. May the good things of God be an abundance in their life. May it return to them in even greater in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Thank the Lord. Well, I look forward to uh, being with you on an increased basis in the future. Uh, the changes that uh, God has brought about in our lives and our church is going to allow me to be here more. I got to tell you, I miss home, your home. And I miss my, my family. You are my family. And I look forward to uh, being with you more frequently in the future, as will Sister Renee, Pastor Renee. And um, I look forward to that. There are good things ahead, and I want you to be excited about the future. Thank you for your faith in us, the confidence and the trust that you place in us, our ability to hear from God and to steer this great church. And uh, thank you for um, standing strong. 
You know, I realize that we don't have all the answers and we're not sure how everything's going to work, but we know it is going to work. And uh, we're going to take good care of you and uh, we're not going anywhere, but uh, there is a mantle upon our family for many generations to lead uh, this church. And so I want, you, I want to thank you for trusting us. Thank you for standing with us as we uh, navigate through the next season of life. And, and uh, just thank you for standing strong and being faithful. Good things are ahead. Um, and there's no telling what God's going to do next. So um, God bless you. Thank you very much. Are you ready to study the Word now? I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 3. It's the gospel of John, chapter 3. And... Um, we're going to look first at verse 1 and read down just a little ways. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Notice verse 8, and this is where we're going to teach this morning. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Notice these first words. The wind blows where it wishes. So everyone that is born of the Spirit has been impacted by the sovereign wind of God that blows in their lives. To be born again of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit has to draw you and has to perform the work of grace called the new birth in your life. And you don't know where the wind comes from or where the wind goes, and you cannot control the wind. All you can do is respond to the wind because God controls the wind. He has his way in a whirlwind. He controls the four winds of the earth, and you cannot control the wind. It blows where it wishes. All we do is respond to what wind is blowing at this time. I believe that God holds the winds in my life in his hands. And whatever wind blows is going to be to my benefit and good. There are good winds and what we might interpret as bad winds. But God always controls the winds and he ensures me that any wind that blow is going to be to my benefit and to my good. So sometimes the wind is blowing from the east and sometimes from the west, but the wind is always in my favor. Now there are times when I feel the wind at my back and sometimes I feel it's in my face. But the wind is always in my favor, and I'm always going to be blessed and move forward by it. The wind blows where it wishes. You can't tell where it's going. You can't tell where it comes from. But you know that God controls the wind, and the wind is going to help propel me to where I need to be in God. You know, the Bible talks about the wind of God. There are many references to wind in your Bible. 
There's references to all four winds. The most frequently mentioned is the east wind. The east wind is an interesting subject. When you study the context of what happened when an east wind blew, you begin to see a pattern. For instance, when Moses was extracting the children of Israel from Exodus and Egyptian bondage, um, <clears throat> it was an east wind that brought the plague of God onto Egypt. But that east wind that was a plague to Egypt was part of the deliverance of Israel. And then later, when Israel was backed up against the Red Sea with the Egyptian army pursuing them from the rear and had nowhere to go, God said to Moses, raise your rod, and an east wind blew all night long and opened up a highway through the Red Sea. And after they had walked through safely on dry ground, the water collapsed on the Egyptians and destroyed the Egyptian army. So the same wind that was a deliverance for Egypt, Israel was destruction for Egypt. And so we have to understand that the winds of God may blow from different directions, but they always will blow in the favor of a child of God. When they are opposing an unbeliever, they are benefiting a believer. The same economy that may cause some companies to go under will cause some companies to explode in growth. The same natural disaster that may cause some to lose life and precious things may cause someone else to, to elevate and go to a new level in life. And so the effects of the different winds that blow in our life uh, take effect because of the way we respond to them more than the direction from which they come. So our God controls the wind, and all of the winds are ultimately in my favor. It depends on how I might respond to them. In 1916, Ella Wheeler Wilcox wrote a very uh, appropriate poem about the winds. Listen to this. You'll remember it. One ship sails east and another west, by the self-same winds that blow. Tis the set of the sail, and not the gale, that tells the way we go. Like the winds of the sea are the waves of time, as we journey along through life. Tis the set of the soul that determines the goal, and not the calm or the strife. And so, Ella Wheeler realized that some ships go east and some go west, and the wind is blowing the same direction for both. So one ship going east and one ship going west, it's not about which way the wind's blowing, it's about the set of the sail. You see, in life, we have to set our sail and determine our journey, determine where we're going and not change our destination because the winds change. But when the winds of your life change and, and what was is no more and now something new and something different, you can't change your destination or where you're going. If you're going east, keep going east. If you're going west, keep going west. But you have to adjust the set of your sail according to the wind. There are times when the wind will be at your back and others at your face. There are crosswinds that will blow across your life. And each time the wind shifts, you know you've got to adjust the set of your sail. 
You know, here in southeast Texas, when we feel the wind shift, we say, uh, the weather's changing. When we feel the wind velocity increase, we know maybe something is blowing in or something is going to be blown out. We know the wind, the weather changes when the wind shifts. And you have to be sensitive to the shifting of wind in your life. And you have to adjust to what is now. You know, I want you to know there's two things that as your pastor I cannot do. Number one, I cannot make things like they were. And number two, I can't keep things like they are. You see, a church is divided in usually in two big blocks of people. There's always a part of the congregation that like it the way it used to be and really want me to make it the way it was. But I'll tell you openly, I cannot make things the way they were. And then there's another part of the congregation that they really like things the way they are. And their deal is like, Pastor, don't mess with it. It's just right. But I can't make things like they were, and I can't keep things like they are. You see, in life, all of us just have to adjust the set of our sails to the wind that blows where it will and keep going where we're set to go. But understand, there are different winds that are going to drive us in that direction. So remember that life is a journey. It isn't stationary. It isn't someplace you go and stay, but it is a journey in life. And you and I have to navigate through the journey of life. And remember that the moment you're living in is passing, and you will never pass this way again. It will never be just like it is now ever again. Because this is a journey, and we're always moving in it. So things change. We just make the adjustment, and we keep going where we're called and pursuing our destiny, but we have to adjust the set of the sails. Because as Ella Wheeler said... With by the same gale, some ships sail east and some ships sail west by the same gale that blows. And so it doesn't matter what winds are blowing. We have to know where we're going and don't lose our course. But the winds will change. Times change. Circumstances change. I think about the changes that I have witnessed in my lifetime, specifically the changes in the church world. The church world is much different today than it was when I was a child. It's much different today than it was when we founded church, Triumph Church 30 years ago. It's much different uh, it, than it was just five or six years ago. The whole church world has changed. And Triumph Church adjusts and shifts to the changes that we have nothing to do with. First of all, there's the winds of God that change. The wind that blew in the 80s, the wind that blew in the 90s is very different than the wind that is blowing today. And we have to adjust to it. The wind blows where it wills. I can't control the winds of God. As I look back over the 20th century, the Spirit of God was poured out in a magnificent way at the very turn of the century. And for 100 years, we had a tremendous wind of the Spirit that blew. And people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders were done. Uh, gifts were up op in operation. And we had revival after revival that happened for 100 years. And if you ever studied the 21st century, it will be the greatest century in the history of the church when you look at it as a whole. But the winds of God began to blow in Topeka, Kansas in 1899 at a small Bible school. And from that, the whole Pentecostal charismatic move exploded around the world. 
But in my judgment, I think history will prove this, that when the 21st century dawned, it was a new day. And the winds that were blowing in the 20th century are not blowing in the 21st century. It doesn't mean that there is no wind. It doesn't mean that the wind is not blowing, but there was a strategic shift when we hit 9-11. There was a strategic shift in the spirit, and everything seems to be different. And as a pastor and leaders, we've had to adjust with what, with things that have changed that we did not change, things that are out of our control, things that, that we can't do. We've had to adjust and shift because it's a new day. There's a different wind blowing. It's from a different direction. It has more or less velocity. It's just a different day. It doesn't mean God is not in control. It doesn't mean God isn't moving. It just means it's different in this century than it was in the last. You've got to know that there are changes that will take place in your life that will directly affect you that you have no control over. I've seen changes in the church world as a whole, changes in the culture that we've had to adjust to. And I'm like, nobody asked me if that would be a good idea. Nobody asked my opinion if I, we thought, if they thought, if, if I thought that change would be good. Nobody called and asked me after it was over with how I was dealing with it. You know, the culture just changed. The church world just changes and we shift and adjust to it because the winds change. I look around at, at some very astute business people in this uh, congregation here today. And I've watched their lives and I've watched their businesses and how that, that, that they have been through different seasons of life. I've seen when their wind was behind them and then I've seen them when their wind was in their face. I'm looking at uh, uh, Elder Ronnie Ramirez here on the front row. You know, I, I used him as an illustration in the first service, but there's many that I could illustrate with that I, I've seen Ronnie and his business and his career a faithful man and woman of God, serve God, serve this church and do what's right. And I've seen the wind at their back when their company was sailing along and they were doing tremendous. And then a few years ago, it seemed like the wind shifted and Ronnie and Mel were struggling for everything. They, they lost ground. They lost things. They thought, man, the whole thing is falling apart. They had some of the worst years of their life. But he told me the other day, last year was one of the best, highest earning years of their lives. So I've seen the shift of God. I look at Jackie and her business, and I, I remember when the wind was at her back, and it just seemed like she could do no wrong, and it was just it was taking off. But then I've seen crosswinds blow, and I, I see Wayne sitting there, he and his wife, Lana. Great business, great business people anointing on their life. But I've seen the shifting winds blowing their life. Sometimes it looks like they're going to get there overnight, and then sometimes it looks like they're never going to get there. You know, I look at, at Martin and Stacy, and, and I've seen the times when the, their sails were full of wind and the wind was strong, and man, they were, and then I've seen the wind in their face. But in all these people and more that I could continue to name, I've seen character, I've seen commitment, I've seen a steadfastness, trusting and believing in God. Stick with what you believe. Don't lose your faith. Hang on. The winds shift, but your course doesn't change. Your, your destination doesn't change. You know, there's shifting winds in your marriage. You have to adjust. The times and the seasons of life change, and your marriage has to adjust. The seasons in your career, where you're going, what you're doing, the wind can change, and suddenly you're trying to make an adjustment in your sail. It's okay. It's called life. 
God is real. The word of God is true. He loves you. He's still on course with life. It's just things around you change and you have to adjust to it. Because the same gale that blows one ship east blows another west. And if you'll make the right choices in life, you'll still be going the right direction. But you suddenly start making bad decisions because the wind has changed. Then pretty soon you'll be going somewhere you never wanted to go. A few years ago, uh, Renee and I went down to Trinidad, and we were uh, ministering down there. And we got through, and we thought, well, we'll take two or three days off, and we'll go to Tobago, which is kind of a little island off of Trinidad, real pretty place. And so we rented a little uh, nice uh, room at a resort hotel right there on the beach, and really nice place, and we were just chilling. And so Renee had her book, and she had her little sunglasses and her little hat and an umbrella and her little bag of goodies, and, and she's out on the beach in a chair, and she's reading, and she's just having a blast. And it was good for a little while, but I'm like bored. Uh, you know, I'm young, <laughs> and, and I, I need adventure, and I'm set on this beach. All I want to sit on this beach. And I looked over there, and, and the, the, the hotel resort had uh, some sailboats that you could check out. And I thought, all right. I mean, here's a sailboat. Here is the ocean, and here I am. I'm going to rent one of those sailboats, and I'm going to go sailing. Now, I had never been on a sailboat before in my life, but I saw it on TV. How hard can it be? So I rented me a sailboat, got my little life preserver on, jumped in that boat, went out in the nice little calm harbor, and, you know, I'm learning how to maneuver it, and I tipped it over a couple times, but I figured out what to do and what not to do, and so I'm sailing out in the little harbor, and I'm having a good time, and I'm feeling like, all right, I'm ready for the open water. The ocean waits. So I turned my rudder and filled up my sail with wind, and I headed straight away from the beach. It was amazing how fast that little boat would go. It was just slapping against the water, and the sail was popping in the wind. And man, I've got, I'm Christopher Columbus, and I'm, I'm sailing the ocean blue. And it, it, life was good at that moment. And I'm just leaving the shore. And it was great. So I looked back, and I gave Sister Renee, she's under umbrella, gave her a wave. She gave me a wave, and life is fun. So I just kept going straight out. The wind was behind me, and I was amazed at how much water I was covering. So I looked back to see Sister Renee could see how great I was doing. She was about that tall. So, whoa, I'm getting kind of far out of here, but, you know, I got a life preserver. I'm a good swimmer. I'll swim back and leave this boat out here. No problem. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm headed toward the open water. I mean, I'm not far from the Gulf of Mexico. This is great. I thought, well, I better look around and see where I am because it's just like water. I turn and look, and the resort hotel was about that tall. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute now. That's a little further than I can swim. Uh, I better turn this thing around. So I just, you know, like driving a boat. You just turn the, turn the deal. You know, just go whoop like that. Your boat turns around. You go right back to shore. Not in a sailboat. I turned that rudder around, and that, water, that wind hit me crossways, and before you know it, that sail's coming over, and I jerk it back. And I realized that the wind was blowing off the beach to open water. It was great as long as I was going toward open water, but now I want to go against the wind. i got to turn and go against the wind. 
And every time I turned that sail, that boat would nearly turn over. And uh, so I thought to myself, well, I know, because I watch TV, I know <laughs> that you can sail a boat against the wind. I have no idea how to do it. But there is some way that I can work this rudder and work this sail, and I know I can sail against the wind. I just don't know how because I've never been in a sailboat, and I have no idea how to do it. But I know it can be done. So I'm there, you know, moving it around and readjusting. And I had to learn on my own how to sail against the wind. And eventually, I've realized that I couldn't go straight back to the bank and go straight against the wind. There's a sailing term for this, but you kind of have to go at, a, at an angle and you do this sweeping thing. So I wanted to go straight back to the beach, but I couldn't do it because the wind was in my face. And so I had to kind of go at this angle. I made this sweeping arch. And, and how many of you felt like you were on this sweeping arch in life? <laughs> you were still trying to get to the same place, but you sure weren't going there in a straight line, you know. So I made this sweeping arch, and I learned how to sail against the wind. And my point is this. At some point in your life, the winds are going to shift, and they're going to be in your face, not at your back. And you're going to have to learn how to sail against the wind. I made it back to shore, as you can guess. Got the boat home, checked it back in, and... I was feeling much the man because I learned how to sail against the wind. And you don't really have a marriage unless you learn how to sail against the wind. And you're not really a business person until you learn how to sail against the wind. To navigate the various winds that shift and that blow across your life. You're not there yet. As long as you've got the wind at your back and everything's in your favor and everything's just going great, then, then you're at one level. But when you learn how to navigate the various winds of life successfully, then you're a real sailor. You're a real business person. you got a real marriage. You see what I'm saying? When you learn how to navigate and sail against the wind. So, here's the good news and bad news. <laughs> if this is the worst day of your life, be encouraged. It's going to end. If this is the best day of your life, enjoy it, honey, because it's going to end. That is life. Whatever you're going through is a season. It's a period of time. It's going to change. And you have to learn how to navigate through life, navigate through the various things that you have no control over. The wind blows where it wishes. And you have to readjust your sail to get to where you want to go. Don't change where you're going. Just be willing to take a little different course according to the wind that might be blowing. So you've got to adjust your sails. Everybody say adjust. Yes. Now, some ships, as I understand it, are made for cargo and some are made for speed. That means some sailboats go a lot faster than others. But it doesn't matter how you're built. You can't go faster than the wind is blowing. You can't go faster than the wind is blowing because it's the wind that fills the sail and moves the vessel. And you need to know and be reminded that it's the wind of God that is moving the vessel of my life. It's not my talent, my ability, my hard work. It's not all those things. It's the wind of God in my sails that is moving the vessel of my life. And I want to encourage you to trust in the wind of God. The wind is always blowing, sometime from this direction and sometime from that. 
and sometimes it is blowing ferociously and sometimes maybe not. But the wind is always blowing and it's always the wind of the Holy Spirit that is pushing me forward and propelling me into my future. And I want to encourage you to trust God and trust the wind of God in your life and in your business and in your marriage and in your career and in your walk with God and in your marriage, in your ministry. Trust in the winds of God. That's what propels you and moves you forward. So we're dependent on the Holy Spirit. And learn how to navigate. I like the word navigate. I, might, I use it a lot because to me it's like what we have to do. And, and as you're going through life, you have to navigate. You know, um, my automobile, uh, they tell me, has over 200 computers on it. I don't know what in the world they do with 200 computers on my, my one vehicle, but there's a lot of computers on that dude. But, you know, I still had to get in that, crank it up, and drive it here. It didn't drive itself to church. Now, at times, it feels like it is. Now, I don't know if you've got your vehicle trained like mine, but, you know, uh, it just takes me to the church. It just turns at the right corner and stops at the right place. And sometimes when I don't want to go there, it turns anyway. I'm like, I'm going over there, but automatically my turn church turns toward the church. Or it might turn toward my house. You have to navigate through life. You have to turn it. You have to say, this is where I'm going, and this is where I need to be. You've got to learn how to navigate. Navigate is the judgment it takes from day to day to make the right decisions and do the right things so that you get in life where you want to go. You have to learn how to navigate by the Spirit and make decisions that keep you on course. Learn how to navigate. Learn how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit guide you and lead you. Learn how to use the Word of God to give you direction and, and stability in life and how to make good decisions. Learn the principles of God's Word and how to apply them to your life. Learn how to use the godly counselors and the godly voices in your life to help you navigate. When you're driving your vehicle, you need a lot of things. You need a steering wheel. You, you need a brake and an accelerator and a gear shift. And you need a blinker and you need headlights. Well, in life, as you're navigating, you need a lot of things. You need the Word of God. You need the Holy Spirit, the ability to hear His voice. You need godly counselors in your life. It's all these things that help you navigate through life successfully and to get safely where you want to be. I want to encourage you as you're navigating through life to follow the Word, obey the Holy Spirit, and let Him guide you to where He wants you to be. Now, I used the word velocity earlier in the message today, velocity. Velocity is a word that we use that refers to the speed the wind is traveling. The speed the wind is traveling. And I'm asking you as a church family to pray for more velocity in the wind. Uh, because you cannot travel, a vessel cannot move faster than the wind is blowing. So with the more velocity, the more, more water we can cover the more we get there. But we need velocity. We need the wind of the Spirit. I mentioned to you how that it seemed the wind of the 20th century was unique and wonderful and powerful. And we saw at times huge gusts of wind in the 20th century. We need the wind of God to blow and blow and across this land, around the world. We need the winds of God in this church. I remember in January of 2011, we had a wind of God that blew in this church. 
It was about 30 days that God blew into Triumph Church. And we had salvations and healings and wonderful things happen. And it was about a month. We went from campus to campus. And after that, it seemed like the wind kind of died down. And I did everything I could to keep it blowing. I mean, I talked to God. I mean, I did everything. But it was a season. We need the winds of God. Pray for velocity. I found that I can do things when the wind is blowing with velocity that I cannot do when it's only blowing softly. And so as a, a word to hook our faith on, pray with me that the wind of God would blow with greater velocity because we can get more done with more velocity. In your life, in your business, if you want to go further faster, pray for velocity. If you want to go further faster, pray for velocity. Now, we need the wind of God to blow in our favor, but whatever wind is blowing, we can't go anywhere without velocity. And I'm praying for velocity in the Spirit to blow in this church so that our lives and this church as a whole can move forward by the wind of God that moves our sails. You know, we've had some high water marks, you might say, some wonderful seasons in God. I believe our greatest seasons are still ahead. I believe the greatest moves of God are still in the future. I believe the greatest days of your marriage, your career, your business are still ahead. So pray for velocity that the winds of God would be favorable to you. And I know sometimes we get caught up in what's happening in the economy. We have to. We're a part of the world, obviously. Um, but you know, my great faith is not so much in what's happening in the environment, but what's happening in the spirit. And if, if God releases the winds of God in, my, in the Spirit, then it will be effective in my life. And uh, just like Israel, when they had, when the wind of God destroyed Egypt, it blessed them and saved them. So whatever happens in the world, and God only knows what this world is in store for in the future, I know that the winds of God are going to be favorable to us. Whichever way it blows, it's going to be favorable to us. All right? You can close your Bibles now. Thank you very much for giving me this time. And, uh, you know, I just believe this was a word of encouragement for you, an encouragement to make adjustments, adjustments. Everybody say adjustments. You got to adjust your sail. You can't change it. You adjust to it and you let it, you let it be for your benefit and not for your harm. Father, I want to pray for the people of God that are in a season of adjustment. I know it might not be everyone here, but, but the people that are in a season of adjustment, that you would give them wisdom and knowledge to know how to reset their sails for this season and the hour that they're living in right now. I pray, Heavenly Father, for a grace and a goodness to be upon the people of God concerning their relationships, that this would be a good season, a favorable season, and that they would be blessed and move forward in life. Father, we ask you for velocity, velocity. Let the winds of God blow with greater strength, intensity, and speed in our lives. That we may move further, faster by your great grace that is upon us. I bless the people of God in every portion of their life. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Thank the Lord. Now, we're going to open the altar here, and I'm going to invite our prayer partners to come forward and uh, give them an opportunity to pray with you. If you're here today and maybe you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you have in the past, but you kind of got off course, you're, you know, you just got off course and you want to get back on course with God, come to the altar and one of these precious men and women of God will pray with you to help you get back on course. Get back on course.
And if you're struggling against headwinds in life, just headwinds, headwinds, and you need the strength of God, the strength of God, the strength of God, then we want to pray with you. If you feel like the winds are blowing in many directions and you're not sure where to go or what to do and you just need direction, God is a present help in the time of trouble. He's an answer to every question, a solution to every problem. He's the way, the truth, and the light. And He's a light in the darkest hours. If you need help from God in any way for any reason, we want to invite you to come forward and we'll take a moment to pray with you. Let's stand together. If you need prayer ministry, come forward right now. We want to pray with you. God bless these that are coming. You're welcome here. If you're a guest, you're welcome here. It's not about church membership or anything like that. It's just about, I need prayer. I need God's help. Then come down right now. We want to pray with you. Whoever you are, come on down. Got some wonderful men and women of God right here that are ready to pray with you. Sing for us. Let's give folks a time, a chance to come down.